A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end, her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up unto a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. The word of the Lord.
a reading from the second letter of St. Peter. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, and the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you be, conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire? But according to his promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him, at peace. The word of the Lord. Dominus vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Marcum. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me, 
I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Verbum Domini. On this second Sunday of Advent, we encounter John the Baptist. God chose him to help prepare us for the coming of the Lord. Many, we're told, went out to see and to listen to the message of John the Baptist. St. Mark tells us in the gospel today, people of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him as they acknowledged their sins. And why was that? Why were so many drawn to him? For some, it was probably curiosity. We know this was the case with Herod, who eventually he had imprisoned and killed. But the main reason that people were drawn to John the Baptist and his message was his message of repentance and conversion and the forgiveness of sins. People flocked to him because they were looking for that freedom from sin, the chance to start anew. And we long for this. We desire to be freed, to be rid of the guilt due to our sins and our failings. So the call to repentance is a really good thing. And if we accept that message and we act on it, it leads to peace and to interior freedom. But it does take humility to accept the message, to act on it, to live a life of conversion. It's very easy for us, due to our pride, to have a hardened heart in response to that call to conversion, to repent and to turn back to God. But this is what John the Baptist calls us to today. He calls us to conversion. He calls us to turn away from the standards of the world and to rather live more like Christ, to follow him who is the model of all holiness and virtue. And John the Baptist pointed out Christ to others as the one who takes away the sins of the world. Christ continues to take away the sins of the world, particularly through the sacraments of baptism and confession. And making regular and frequent use of the sacrament of confession gives us the comfort that Isaiah spoke about in our first reading today. Comfort, give comfort to my people as he was prophesying about the coming of our God. And we don't go to confession to be condemned, but rather to receive God's mercy, to receive peace, to receive healing, to receive strength, to be comforted by our God, and to continue on the path toward heaven. And our responsorial psalm from Psalm 85 also speaks about the Lord's coming and the salvation that he would bring. And in addition, we're told of another effect of the Lord's coming to save us. And that's peace. I will hear what God proclaims the Lord, for he proclaims peace to his people. Again, the Lord continues to strengthen us with his peace given to us through the sacraments. And our second reading today reminds us to be ready for the Lord's coming, specifically with regards and in reference to time. St. Peter said with the Lord, and he's quoting, he's referencing the Psalms, with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. So this is a reminder that God's plan unfolds according to his timing, not ours. Psalm 90 verse 4 addresses God in prayer saying, For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. 
So certain spans of time can seem very long for us, but it's nothing when we look at it in light of eternity, right, from the perspective of eternity. And as some think that God is delaying his promise to come again or is procrastinating, St. Peter reminds us today that God is being patient with us. He's giving us time to repent, to turn back to him. In addition, St. Peter tells us that the Lord will come like a thief. That is, his coming will be at an unexpected moment. So simply put, we do not know when our Lord will come again, but we know that he will. And we can say with confidence that today we are one day closer to standing face to face to the Lord than we were yesterday. So why does God give us time? So as I just mentioned, St. Peter references that this is, it gives us time to repent. A common temptation, a very common temptation, is to think that idea that we have so much time to repent, to experience conversion, or to grow in holiness, that we'll do it later. But the reality is I don't know if I have tomorrow. I know that I have right now and today, but I don't know how much time that, we ha- that I have. Another reason that God gives us time is to get to know him. Right? This is the purpose of our lives, to get to know, to love, and to serve him. And this takes time. I can ask myself, do I know the Lord better than I did last month? Do I know the Lord better than I did last year, last Advent? Am I making time to get to know him in prayer and prayerfully reading sacred scripture? Because that's where he reveals himself to us. And reading the inspired word of God, the Bible. God wants us to know him. And as we do grow in our knowledge of him, we also tend to grow in our love for him. The Lord also gives us time to make an impact on other people's lives. It's not just about me and the Lord. He desires to use each of us to draw others closer to him. So the Lord's giving us time to pray for others, to encourage them, especially those who are going through tremendous sufferings or trials in their lives. St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa Theologiae addresses why the incarnation or the coming of our God in the flesh, why did that not happen soon after the fall of our first parents? It was much later. Why did it take so long? Why did it take so long for our Savior to come after the fall of Adam and Eve? One of the reasons that St. Thomas gives is that as sin was the result of pride, man needed to be humbled and to come to a realization that he needed a deliverer. He needed a Savior. And after that, after repeatedly trying and trying and trying, they knew it was, became very clear that they needed a Savior. They could not do it on their own. So the Lord allowed them to go through that time, his people, that they might cry out for his help. I remember the very, I believe it was last Sunday, right? we heard that prophecy from Isaiah, that cry of, of the people to God, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. We need you. We're a mess without you. We need God. We need a Savior. And we know we can try all we want to save ourselves, to redeem ourselves, but that's not possible. We have one Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's part of what we're preparing for during this season of Advent and to celebrate Christmas, that our Savior has come to rescue us and that he loves each of us personally. And he wants us to be ready when he comes, especially when he comes to us in the sacraments. And again, we know he comes to us at every Holy Mass in the Holy Eucharist. 
And we ought to prepare as well during Advent for his coming when he calls each of us to himself at the end of our lives. St. Peter also mentions in today's reading that the heavens and the earth will pass away and will be dissolved by fire. So it's important to note that the use of the word heavens here, that the heavens will be dissolved by fire, that's not referring to the heaven where our God and the angels and saints dwell, but the whole material universe that we're living in right now. And although this is not a pleasant image to think about, the earth being dissolved by fire, we can also see it as a purifying fire, as God will make all things new. We're told in scripture of a new heavens and a new earth that God will prepare. And as St. Peter doesn't end his message with a tone of devastation or despair about the destruction of the earth, rather he tells us how we should respond in light of this when we do think about the last things. He tells us, since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be, conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. So Peter is calling us to holiness as we await our Lord's coming, our Lord's return. And we also seek to put into practice John the Baptist's message of preparing the way for the Lord in our own hearts, right? Making those paths straight by growing in humility and to allow the life of Christ to increase in us each and every day through grace and the sacraments. We want to put into practice St. John's words that the Lord must increase, but we must decrease.